Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. How are you, friend? I'm doing all right. Did you have a nice time at Max Fun Connie's? Boy, howdy, did I. I, I, had, a, I had a lovely time. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. Sure. In the Poconos. Mm-hmm. I uh, did a little hiking this year. Uh-huh. Um, did you hike to the waterfall? I hiked to the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was lovely. It was about chest high. I was I was anticipating something I could bathe in. Uh-huh. Uh, couldn't really. I someone, guess I could have curled into a ball and rolled underneath it. Someone pitched us bathing in it. Someone said that they had hiked out there and then mm-hmm. wished they had brought a bathing suit so they could jump in. Sure. But they must have been being hyperbolic. Yeah, I I don't I got there with, you know, thinking to myself, "Hey, like just let the, you know, let the feeling overtake you and you know, do what comes natural. If you feel like bathing in the waterfall, don't, you know, feel bad about shedding your clothes. You know, God made you this way. You're beautiful." I'm saying all this to myself. Right. And it's an opportunity to be reborn in Christ Jesus. Sure, sure. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah a, a, a self-baptismal, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then I got there and it was about, it was about chest high, mm-hmm. the waterfall, and the, the area around it was very slimy. <laughs> so I don't put that on the brochure. I'm like, started. I guess I could strip down, roll across slime rocks and <laughs> under the waterfall, but it seemed like kind of an ordeal. So I just like appreciated it. Blah, blah, nature, blah, blah, we're all so small, and then uh, headed back. You know what I would have done? Hmm. And I'm not telling you how to live your life, Jordan. No. The last thing I want to do is tell you how to live your life. That you're would be your foolish. Man. I would end you if that if that happened. Really? How would you do that? I'm not going to tell you. I might <laughs> okay. have to do it someday. I don't want you to see it coming. <laughs> Got it. Duly noted. <laughs> Let's just say it rhymes with schmork in the eye. <laughs> So you know the you know the uh, fork the, in the eye. You know that kind of cart that a guy gets on on his back to roll underneath a car when he's fixing the underside of a car. I'm familiar with this cart. Okay, so you get that, mm-hmm. but you know how it's got those little hard rubber wheels on it. Yeah, you put on all terrain wheels. Oh, to get over the slime rocks. If I know something, so hold on. Mm-hmm. If I know anything from RC Pro Am 2, and mm-hmm. I know a lot from RC Pro Am 2, yeah. you're going to want knobby tires. Sure. Okay. So you put knobby tires on there. You get down on your back. That's going to take you over the slime rock. Mm-hmm. And what's nice is you're already on your back. So rather than rolling around in it, which mm-hmm. is what you suggested, yeah. I say you just drop your jaw and let it go right in there. Oh, drink it up. Yeah. Get some water in there. Get some slime runoff. Man, God gave man dominion <laughs> over waterfalls. <laughs> sure. So, Adam named them in the garden. Exactly. Uh, so uh, let's just go back to this RC pro analogy. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. Should my wheelie cart also shoot rockets or drop bombs? Uh, I mean, it depends. I would probably get nitros first. Mm-hmm. But if you have mm-hmm. nitros, mm-hmm. if yeah. you have enough nitros... Then, yeah, the offensive weapons are probably a good idea. Great. Well, I think I have a strategy for the next time I'm at a chest-high waterfall. Great. Should we introduce our guest I'd on the program? Uh, you know him as a comic and writer. He's a sometime journalist, sometime j- gag gag writer for uh, television, uh, which is a box in your home with mm-hmm. shows inside of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an absolute delight. He's been a beloved past guest on our sister show, Pop Rocket. 
Uh, Louis Vertel, how are you, buddy? Oh, good. What a very free-to-be-you-and-me introduction you guys gave over there. It was very Marlo Thomas. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just, I well, like to think of myself as Mel Brooks, but that's fine. I choose Marlo Thomas for you. So <laughs> Okay, well, it's settled. <laughs> Which 70s person am I? <laughs> oh, hold on. Give me a second. Uh, Ned Beatty. Yes. <laughs> you did it. Yes. <laughs> I've been trying to get my son to listen to Free-to-be-you-and-me. I bought it at the thrift store on, on uh, LP. And uh, I've it's been, on no other format for the record. Go he ahead. is he's not interested in it. Not interested in it at all. It's very like post hair. Like it's very you we're all out in the sun. There is nothing more nineteen seventy. I mean, I listened. I listened to it when I was a kid, and that was in the mid eighties. But I don't understand how I did that and didn't grow up to be. I mean, basically, Alan Alda. Yeah. <laughs> so I only know "Free to Be You and Me" as like a punchline, like right. a punchline for. It, it's like, like a T-shirt you get at like Old Navy. Yeah, exactly. Like kind of a just a joke about how crunchy the seventies were. Mm-hmm. Can you describe this thing as it actually was to me? Well, first of all, I think it's a song that's part of a larger album or something like yeah. I think there's like a book attached to it. But yeah, I mostly know it as like a single and and a uh, 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 maxim. Okay. And, and you know what? It might be a lie. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we're not all free to be you and us. Right. That's the other half of the 70s, paranoid thrillers. We're uh, not free to be you and me. Oh, sure. And yeah. Max von Sydow's going to shoot you. You ever seen Three Days of the Condor? <laughs> sure, yeah. We've talked a lot about Three Days of the Condor in this program. I'm literally wearing a Fade On Away shirt, so, yeah. <laughs> um, I Okay, so so what free to be you and me is, mm-hmm. Lewis is right, it was an it was an album. I had it, I had it on a cassette, I think. But um, it was an album with, like, a book. But the book doesn't have a lot of pictures. It's mostly the lyrics of the stuff, which is one of the reasons my son doesn't read yet. Uh And he's not nuts about looking at lyric sheets. Okay. Well, I hate this lack of sophistication, but go ahead. And there's a combination (laughs) of kind of whiter Sesame Street songs, Mm -hmm. but the good ones. They're, they're, the songs are lovely. I'm, when I say that they're – I'm just a descriptive, not a pejorative, that they're sure. whiter than the Sesame Street songs. But they're real white. Yeah. And then comedy sketches, but they're all kind of um, like a medium-grade 70s feminist sort of like a – like it's a little crunchy. It's not really crunchy, but it definitely wants children to know that they don't have to shave their legs. Okay. <laughs> Is any of it – because if I was thinking about like jokes to make about this thing, it would be like, oh, and there's a song called It's Okay to Crank It as Long as You Do It in Private, you know. Yeah. Is it? Is there? Are there pro-masturbation values in it? Uh, I don't remember anything specifically pro-masturbation, mm-hmm. but – uh, you got to figure there is. There's there's a whole part about uh, what's the difference between boys and girls, and girls can do anything boys can do. That's a big theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the other thing is that I'm the odds are that I'm going to get it mixed up with uh, uh, Ruby's Studio, which is a contemporary equivalent. It's a mm. DVD that you buy. Ooh. Uh, and it's hosted by. You're not a, getting this on Blu-ray. No. But the Ruby the, as- the aspect ratio is fucked up. I know, I know. <laughs> that the uh, they they film it in Cinerama. Like, I mean, listen, Lewis alluded to the fact that your son, well, he's turning out to be a little bit of a bumpkin. Yeah, right. He doesn't like reading lyric sheets, and you're not helping him any by showing him films mm-hmm. in an aspect ratio that the filmmaker didn't intend. 
But by the way, I do support that you seem to want to instill weird, crunchy whimsy in your children. Like you I, sort of think they should know <laughs> Sing from Sesame Street, which is a good song. I'm also an obsessive Carpenters fan. They. Can I tell you, Lewis, I, I, I'm from San Francisco. My wife. Oh, here we are. My wife's from Marin County. Oh, no. And I think when we, you know, we, we've been together for a long time. We were together when we lived there. And um, I think then we were, pro- we were probably be inclined to take an anti-weird, crunchy, uh, white people stuff values position. Uh-huh. However, I think living in Los Angeles has made us long for and reminisce fondly about Weird, crunchy crap. Uh huh. You know, just like whatever. Uh, having a having a garden somewhere for children. Yeah, cockle shells, etc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait a minute, not Victorian. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about you know balancing your kids' humors, <laughs> consumption, going to the seashore, these kinds of things. I uh, polio is so quaint. Okay, go ahead. Oh, just one of my favorite yeah. diseases. Oh. Wait, but Jordan, before we get into what you're sure. about to say, I just want to say there's this thing called Ruby's Studio, mm-hmm. which is hosted by this. Uh, I'm going to be perfectly frank here, gentlemen. Look, <laughs> look, we're all heterosexual guys. Here. That's right. <laughs> with my with my Alan all or not, got a, with my Paul Lynn sneer. You, you got a Faye Dunaway T-shirt on <laughs> right. right now. I'm Lewis. literally sitting like like if a greyhound were sitting in a chair is what I look like right now. My leg is folded <laughs> delicately. Listen, Jesse, you're just you're a married guy, and we're a couple of bachelors, a couple of, <laughs> of swinging bachelors who don't want to be tied down. Uh, but the woman who hosts uh, the woman who hosts Ruby Studio, which really really is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. It's a nice show um, or set of DVDs or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, probably get the Blu-rays. Sorry. Has, Sorry. Okay. She has the nice quality. She has that nice uh, Mr. Rogers quality sure. of like talking mm-hmm. to kids on camera without seeming like an asshole. Um, like a, you know, like a, like she's talking down to them, which mm-hmm. is really impressive. Uh, she's great at it. Uh, I am also very made very uncomfortable by how attractive I find her to be. Mm. Oh. Uh, she is a stone cold fox. What's her costume like? Christian is looking at a picture of Ruby from Ruby Studio right now, and even he, a gentleman who may or may not be interested in her romantically, is interested in her romantically. Is there some layer of comeliness to her, actually, or are you completely? I mean, like, is she? No, she's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah she's fine. All right, all right. Uh, Christian showing a picture of her, Jordan. You can what? take a look. Wait, that that yeah, that's sure. not Jessica Chastain. It's like the same person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's, she's got a Chastain vibe. Yeah. She's super foxy, and I feel bad every time I re- I I see her watch the I watch the thing with my kids or whatever, and I the thought enters into my mind. Oh, dang, she's foxy. Yeah, and then I feel horrible about it because she's uh, supposed to be educating my children. Well, there's that long aerobics segment. <laughs> it is a little long. Ain't helping things. Can yeah. I say though, when I was like. Like twelve or thirteen, they rebooted Zoom. You know, the speaking seventies sure. values, etc. And like, there were like kids who were, I'm going to say, about my age. I mean, like when they were teaching you how to make like pot pies or whatever. Uh-huh. I was teaching myself how to make <laughs> chips. I mean, it's just... <laughs> and I succeeded. Jizz. I sent uh, in the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, two, one, three, four. It's weird that you preheat the oven before. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The the closest thing I got to uh, uh, to free to be you and me was uh, I 
I remember coming home from a grade, like a little, maybe this is maybe like freshman year of high, maybe, okay, let's say, let's say eighth grade. Uh-huh. Coming home and on my bed was a book called What's Happening to Me. And it, Of course, I know that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, all of the drawings looked like they were from like one of those Harry Nilsson cartoons. <laughs> I, I was going to say it looks a little bit like The Critic or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone is very squat mm-hmm. and sometimes they have just random bulges on them that right. look like tumors. They're like they just, lumpy people. Yeah, they're lumpy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Lovett's going through puberty. <laughs> yeah. It's, What's it's happening beautiful. to me? <laughs> puberty, it stinks. <laughs> Can I tell you what I remember about that book? Please. Specifically. Yeah. Baffled by what masturbation was based on the description in the book. Yeah. Because they were like, something occurs where... A hand moves somewhere and, like, you don't hate it. I mean, it was, like, it was very, like, It's kind of wishy-washy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I still was, like, I'm just more confused. It may or may not be pleasant. <laughs> Who am I to say? I'm just the narrator of a book. And also, there's they're, like, babies do it. I was, like, excuse me, I was a baby. What yeah. are you talking about? I, I was talking to a friend of mine who has a, like, six-month-old, and she said she was changing his diaper and he started to crank it. And she wanted to laugh because it's funny when a baby cranks it. <laughs> right. But also she was worried about sexually imprinting on him in a negative way. Oh, right. Yeah. I but can I, understand that. Was she showing him Ruby Studio at the time? <laughs> it might have been on in the background. So I remember getting this book and just being mortified at it, being so embarrassed that this book even existed. And also... Uh, that same day, my mom gave me a VHS tape of Cosmos. <laughs> oh, my God. So she was really into showing you the wonders of the universe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Cosmos is the most boring shit in history. Oh, my God. I remember thinking, like, this is the worst day for gifts. This is like, <laughs> these are, like in tandem, this awful 70s book where lumpy people pointed at each other's privates and also this boring tape about space, which sucks. This is terrible. I anyway. think when I got serious with my first serious girlfriend, um, my mom gave us the Good Vibrations Guide to Sex. Mm. Um, Sounds which wonderful. Was not what I wanted. Sure, not at all <laughs> what I wanted. Like the last thing that you want, because it's like a, you know, Good Vibrations is a famous, uh, you know, it, it falls into the broad category of. Uh, clean lesbian dildo store. Uh-huh, right. You know, like there's one called Babes in Toyland in New York. You know, like a nice place to buy a butt plug where they're they're going to like smile while they sell yeah. you a butt plug. What if there was a rule that you had to name all sex st- shops after like quaint 30s films? Yes. <laughs> Bring it up, baby. Oh, yeah. That's what I was It happened one night. I got I got my, <laughs> I got my lube my and my beads there. Yeah. yeah. It happened one night is not a bad name for a clean... <laughs> Lesbian owned. Dark Victory, that's a good one. Oh, boy. I could go on that. The Triumph of the Will. The Triumph of the Will. (laughs) The Passion of Joan of Arc. What's what's the one where Charlton Heston is a Mexican? Uh, Touch of Evil. That works too. Oh, yes. A little later, though. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a little, sure. (laughs) Late 40s. Joan of Arc. (laughs) It's just for people with really, really deep seated emotional traumas around sex. (laughs) I. Again, not 30s. I think it works. Yeah. A trip to the moon. Oh, sure. (laughs)
Oh, or yeah, or with the train movie, whatever that's called, like sure. the 1902 movie. Yeah, yeah, the Great yeah. Train Robbery. The great Train Robbery. Yeah, yeah. right. The great Butt Robbery. I don't know. Right. We, we, we'll great work. Train Robbery. I think is perfectly legitimate. <laughs> yeah. We'll work this out later. Yeah. So um, uh, it's like, and so the book is like, there's nothing sexy about it because it's very pro sex, mm-hmm. and so you can't masturbate to it at sure. all. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I'll take want, that bet. I don't, and there was nothing, there was no, like, instructions in it. There's no, like, I mean, hey, you're 15, 16 years old, however old I was. Sure, you, you could use some instructions on uh, cunnilingus. Sure. Yeah, you don't know what to do down there. That's why you go, that's why you go to the, you go to your local bong store uh-huh. in the late 90s, and you pick up the Vice Guide to Eating Pussy. Yeah, we've heard about this before, Jordan. Anyway, oh, wow. this is the, to... your core value. This yeah, is like the one sure. thing you truly believe in. <laughs> yeah, I have a that framed... all teenagers should have a copy of the Vice Guide to Eating yeah, Pussy. As annoying as Vice gets sometimes in the media landscape. Right. They do a lot of good work as well. Can I just say, though? Please. I mean, like, in health books... In the whenever you at least got a view of what like a vagina might look like. Sure, ain't no health book showing you like how to work that dude's asshole. <laughs> well, guys, I'm just saying none of us are staring at it unless no. unless instructed to You're in right. our teens. You're you right. know, so Lewis, I have to say this to you, but. Uh, I guess you're just unlucky that your mom didn't give you the good vibrations <laughs> guide to sex, which is that definitely had some parts oh, about get working out. the asshole. No way. Not like instructional parts, but like health parts. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's exactly what so it has dual problems. It like makes you think about sex in terms of your health, which is not what you want when you're sixteen. Mm-hmm. Still haven't done that. And it also makes you think of sex in terms of your mom. Sure. Oh. Like mom, why are there so many pages folded down? Yeah, you're there's not, so many post it notes in here. You're not allowed to want me to have good sex. You're sure. allowed to not want me not to get someone pregnant or get a sexually transmitted disease, I think. Right. Yeah. But that's where the line should be drawn. Oh. You shouldn't be interested in the quality of my intercourse <laughs> it will be low quality i am 16 louis where what do you remember f- ever finding a a proper guide to do the ass no. <laughs> well okay let me just say in general please i mean like anything revolving around a gay sex tip you didn't find in a hell class etc i remember being around okay so i'm born in 86 so i was probably so this is like 2004 when i'm going to college whatever I remember seeing having to resort to a lot of GeoCities pages oh. about this content. <laughs> so yeah. these are these are these are tips. These are these are tips on a GeoCities page, and at the bottom, there's just a rotating pot leaf with sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> just like the sourest gay dudes of all time, being like, "Look, kids, this is how it is." <laughs> you just spend you just spend ten minutes waiting for something to download, and then you finally open, and you're like, "God damn it!" Right. This, this is a gif of Cindy Crawford in a bathing suit. <laughs> oh. oh please! Oh, I mean, like, I it was worse than that. I remember before. In my closet today, I printed off a. Oh my god, I printed off a picture of Denise Richards, like <laughs> like that was naked. Yeah, just watching that color image come out of the printer with so like her slowly, giant nipples too. So slowly, oh my when you god, printed high quality, and uses so and uses slow. a lot of ink too. Yeah. Oh, I knew it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I that. I was. I have three brothers. We needed to share the ink, and I was just. I knew what I needed, and it was the star of the world is not enough. 
Well, I mean, great, the, great late Bond movie, by the way. Yeah. Great mid-period Bond movie, I <laughs> the guess. The good news is, you know, it was expensive. Sure, all that ink made the paper ripple somewhat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was damp. But the good news is... It worked. That's right. Sure. <laughs> and here I am now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A man. With my wife, Denise Richards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw her at the Burbank Airport once anyway. <laughs> How'd that go? So, you know what? Uh, I didn't have too many flashbacks, but she, she seemed perfectly lovely. Oh, good, good. Did you tell her about the, the printing? No. I only learned recently that she's from the suburb next to mine, though, so I should have ran up and said something disturbing. And where's that? I'm from a suburb of Chicago. Not a cool suburb. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's okay. It's nothing, John Husey. If you've seen the beginning of the Blues Brothers, they're at the Joliet Penitentiary. I'm next door to that. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a fun fact. Yeah, oh, Adrian Curry from America's Next Top Model. She's there. I've been told we talk alike. In case <laughs> with <laughs> it's all probably that, a regional thing. It's yes. a regional near that field of scary fire that you're not sure why that's at the beginning oh, right. of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that fire that terrifies all eight-year-olds trying just trying to watch the Blues Brothers. I don't remember that. Yeah, there's a whole fucking part where it just where the camera just pans across an industrial wasteland at the beginning, right? With like with those kind of like you know those those flumes that are venting flames. Yeah, huh? Flumes, Maybe not the right word. That's what a log goes down at Disneyland. Sure, it's a plumes, 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 plumes yes. of flame. Yeah, shrooms of flames. Yeah, flaming shrooms. <laughs> Uh, I remember, uh, I remember the, you know, kind of the, the opposite of the what's happening to me book, uh, I found a little bit later into high school in the downstairs bathroom. Okay. Uh, my dad had a, an under the towels, had a hard copy, uh, uh, or a hard back book called The Lover's Guide. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and I, I still to this day am creeped out by the word lover. I think <laughs> yeah. that's kind of universal. I think it's one of those things like moist that a lot of people just find a little bit icky. If a book has the word lovers in the title legally, it can't be printed after 1983. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> right, yes. They burned them all, Yeah, right. right. Like Cheryl Teagues has to be involved in some way. Anyway, go ahead. You know what? I feel like a lot of people are down on Ronald Reagan, but that was a real contribution that he made to our <laughs> to our welfare. And I'll say this, and I, I, I remember flipping through it and kind of like, you know, and it was one of these things of like, you got to change up the positions if you want to keep it fresh. Like it, that was the, you know, the, you know, one of the Takeaways. guiding principles of the book. You got to switch up the positions if you want to keep it fresh. Uh, but it said it in a very clinical way. But uh, I, I, when I'm thinking back about that, I'm like, you know what? That had a lot of different races and a lot of variety of body hair. Oh, and right. So thank you, Lover's Guide, for having a positive kind of inclusive uh, uh, philosophy about both race and body hair. You know why that was, Jordan? Hmm. Uh, the author of that book, did you know? Marlo Thomas. <laughs> oh. There you go. That's very same from Free to Be You and Me. You got it. That's it. I wish she would vary her hair flip. If she had, had a must, like a body hair, et cetera, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just to give it a variety of looks. What if every hair on her body was flipped that way? <laughs> God, that would be great. I like that we've tapped into Lewis Bertel's deep vein of Marlo Thomas. You know what? I didn't think it was that deep, but it's apparently all I am. Born in 1986. <laughs> yeah. Lewis Vertel is a Marlo Thomas enthusiast. We haven't even gotten into the Donahue half of her life. Jesus. Yeah. Was the Blues Brothers thing 
like was it a big thing in your town growing up? Did it were there the was there like the Blues Brothers Cafe? Now and, hold on, Jordan. Yeah, Chicago doesn't care about the movie The Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, certain people care about the Blues Brothers. I personally think it's a terrible movie. Mm. Well, my hometown has Lamont, Illinois. Two movies specifically were made there. Uh, Straight Talk with Dolly Parton, okay, which also has James Woods in it. Oh. And okay, uh, I have one girlfriend from home uh, who lives out here, and she happens to be very famous. Do you know the screenwriter Diablo Cody? Yeah. Okay, she's eight years older than I am. She said when they made that movie there, she's like, all the bumpkins, like they were obsessed. I come from sort of a bumpkin suburb. Obsessed with Dolly, had no idea who James Woods was. I, I mean, like I'm, I'm not super offended by that, but as I would have given equal attention, is all I'm saying. <laughs> sure. And then yeah, also, you know about thief, right? No, right. I'm pleased. I can go on and on. And then also, uh, more telling of where I grew up. Are you familiar with the movie Save the Last Dance? Which starred Julia Stiles. I yeah. know it exists. I think that came out when I was maybe in high school. Yeah. This is not, this is a, how, this is related to Step Up. This it, is a, clo- it predates that slightly. Okay. This is around the time of Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, lots of like, um, so this girls. this Cardigan song in the soundtrack. Yes. Okay. Lots of like, blonde, it's a time when lots of blonde women with sort of tendrils are learning hip hop. Okay. okay. That's what we're mm-hmm. doing. And that's one of those movies. She starts off the movie in the whitest community, literally in an all white neighborhood mm-hmm. and then moves to new york to like learn what a black person is basically um we were the white neighborhood they literally cast for it and hey. named it in the movie after my town so wow yeah congratulations in case you thought i was making up all this lily whiteness i'm showing <laughs> off right the now real deal yeah right <laughs> interesting and is that a point of pride for the town i'm gonna say no okay because these are both straight talk is like a one-star movie and say the last dance is a one and a half star movie okay so right to be able to say you're friends with dolly parton I do Which think Dolly would disagree. Is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if she remembers us, but uh, you, sure, I'll claim that. Man, one time uh, I had Dolly Parton on uh, Bullseye, and oh my god! You know, you know what that woman is a uh, superstar. She's fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she's like the most amazing. Like even if she could, even if she wasn't like one of the best singers there is mm-hmm. of any genre of the twentieth century, uh, like just. All you want from the first word that she says to you, and she was in a studio somewhere else, Mm -hmm. is for her to approve of you Mm -hmm. and like like you. Just any connection. Our buddy, uh, our buddy Sarah Morgan and I were emailing uh, a couple years ago after she she's from uh, she's from London went to the Glastonbury Festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something that I she described to me, and I'm like, oh, that's like England's Coachella, and she was very defensive in saying that it's like England's Burning Man. Well. Which, so, you know, uh, despite having big name musical acts, I guess it has lots of um, counterculture credibility, I guess. I think it's on some ley lines. Okay. (laughs) Right, right. There's a lot of energy there. Mm -hmm. And uh, she sent me a video of Dolly Parton at that festival, you know, playing one of her hits. And then at one point, you know, the band vamps and Dolly Parton goes and gets a tiny saxophone and yeah. then plays yakety sax. Yeah, I've seen this video. Yeah, I've also she did that at the Hollywood Bowl. I saw that. I I was oh. I didn't realize she was capable of blowing my mind in that way. I guess I was thinking she did yakety sax like, "Hey, I'm in England. Here's your guys's most beloved song." But she's not really playing the tiny saxophone, is she? It does look synced or something it's it's strange oh well also she's like speaking of vamping i mean it's like she's doing improv with the saxophone like Mm -hmm. she's like her head's in the sky and stuff yeah you know um what what was dolly like at the hollywood bowl 
I was the first time I'd ever been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with, see, Dolly's one of these borderline people where it is certainly cool to like her. I certainly think she is awesome. However, basic homosexuals also enjoy her and i try to get away from them you know what i mean i like it's like people who are <laughs> you're too an obs- advanced homosexual oh, right it's like you know how to work it's time. like the golden girls are fine yeah <laughs> i don't need to hear about it ever again i think we've sapped them <laughs> right for what they're worth you can't tell that to a certain segment of the population that is all they have mm-hmm. right so uh those same people glom onto dolly and so i enjoyed her very much i mean uh, I go deep on Dolly. I can tell you all. Like I love her weird seventies hits. I love her. I, I love. She had an album called Backwoods Barbie. I like. She. I think she did a little bit of that. So I enjoyed it on the non-basic level that I insist I am. But um, I think the basics enjoyed it too. Sure. In the process of preparing for that interview, I learned that there is a Dolly Parton song I really love. That's just a tribute to the local doctor where she grew up. Oh, really? Uh, Dr. Robert S. Thomas, I want to say is his name. Something <laughs> like that. But the his full name is in the song. Oh. Uh, it's just a song about him. There's no... There's no curveball there. Hmm. It's just a song about how great it's it was. It's not about, like, you he know, healing a broken heart or nope, doctor, just, doctor, doctor. It's just I about how nice it was that he would healing. go from town to town doctoring mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the mountains where she grew up. And uh, it's fucking great. It's <laughs> totally great. Fucking Dolly Parton is amazing. You've heard the, the the rumor that she has tattoos all over her body. No, that's why she's like she she has like a she'll do like a low neckline thing, like then, prison tattoos. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not going to rule that out. But I think they're like super colorful. I think Somebody Porter was like Wagoner Je- did them. Mm, right. Oh my god, that's scary. Um, no, but like I think Jennifer Saunders said one day Dolly Parton was like, oh here they are, and just like whipped out like her tits wow. and like there they were it was like all tattooed up oh my mm-hmm. uh wait a minute how advanced for uh, the homosexual community is jennifer saunders oh quite i think okay i don't know yeah yeah i think i, th- I think most learned queers would uh would know uh but only them. but only it's not that's not basic because i'd be concerned that would be too basic for you not that there's anything wrong with it, as there isn't with Dolly Parton, who's a brilliant genius. Um, um, well, obviously, there's a layer now with the movie that just came out that looks yeah. like Sex in the City, too. Um, but not, I mean, like any anything British. I mean, I, I just it's, it's I on do, the cost. All it's I'm on the saying cost. is maybe it's because I went to art school, but I don't think I knew a homosexual in high school who did not own two AbFab T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was when you were in school. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're five years younger. Than you know, <laughs> I, I like I loved your I, I uh, my mind was blown a little bit by your point that that there there is a group of people that you cannot talk to. That's right. And say period. Yeah. Uh, and say that you just think the Golden Girls is okay. Uh, well, it's just it's like that's their whole identity. Like, isn't it so naughty that I love the Golden Girls? Mm-hmm. It's like, nope. Hmm. Uh, just to you know, welcome you into my world a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, I get really uh, uh, terrified every time I have the urge to say Star Trek's a little boring. Oh, imagine! So that's mine. That's my one of those. Wouldn't you say though about Star Trek that its boringness might be its best quality? I guess. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, okay. I think it's kind of. I think it's kind of sweet that Star Trek. Sure. A no. Yes, I get it. The future is d- d- diplomacy and all races working together. And what? Why can't we solve our problems in a space boardroom and not on a battlefield with cool guns that are cool? 
Yeah. That's, I'm missing the chromosome that makes you appreciate anything that might be remotely unreal. Like, <laughs> sure. Like, uh, I was just trying to you watch. Focus on, you focus on, like, neorealist cinema, like Abfab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm, I'm, more, I'm more in the Carol demo. I just want, I just want to look you at, like, like Carol. I want someone with an architectural lady face thinking. That's all I want to look at. You got a t-shirt of it, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not making up making this up. Maybe if they would go to a period appropriate department store at some point and buy a train. You're definitely willing to watch outtakes from Iman's home videos. Oh please. (laughs) Oh yes. Maybe she has like headgear from the um uh uh uh, Remember the Time video. Yeah. Yeah. She probably does. Some deep She wears that around the house. Yeah. Oh God, Iman's a good celebrity. Hope she's doing okay. Yeah, I hope she's she well not, too. Which is she? Well, she was married to David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Well, so that could be difficult for her because he died. Huh? Well, my, this, is, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah. My Iman hot take is that her silhouette looks like Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's a real narrow demographic for that. Show. You have to be one a fan of supermodels of the late 80s, <laughs> sure, and also uh, sci-fi. By spoofy comedies. Yes. Sure, yeah, from the early '90s. <laughs> yes, right. So, I'm I'm excited to hear your uh, you know your kids in the hall Grace Jones material <laughs> coming soon. I was gonna say, what was that called? Exit Fifty Seven. Yeah. What was the one? Yeah. Higgins oh. Boys. Okay, Higgins Boys and Gruber. I had no. I didn't know about Exit Fifty Seven because Amy Sedaris is on that too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I didn't know about that till recently. Wow. Yeah. Look forward to it. Don't. It's it's like any sketch comedy show. You don't want to watch it, right? If no, it's old, I know. I have to say, no, <laughs> it'll be boring. If there's one on, if there's a thing on YouTube that has a lot of hits, that one's probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, just watch Number Wang. That's my solution. Yeah. Just watch Number Wang. Watch Number right. Wang. Watch mm-hmm. the thing where Dave Foley says he's sorry that he caused all the cancer. Yeah. Uh, maybe Eradicator too. Watch Eradicator. Yeah. Um, and this sketch where Timmy ate all the hot dogs. Yeah. Sure. And uh, Van Down by the River. There you go. That's all the sketch comedy you need. Oh, what about uh, what about the one where Christian Wick is Liza Minnelli and she's trying to turn the lamp off? Oh, I thought we were talking about. I thought we were talking about early to mid nineties. Oh, I just started thinking about that. Though. Oh, okay, that's cool. Can we just acknowledge that one where Kristen Wiig? Oh, it's it's she's pretty like great. Doing that she's like the Shelly lamp. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Oh, what if I? Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, and, and you know, I think uh, just to just to just to backtrack, you you also you also mentioned the critics. So your uh, yeah. your knowledge of things uh, Jordan early nineties comedy nerd stuff, is... right? No, I think I I grew up in exactly the right moment because in, in, for comedyness because like in the late nineties, early two thousands, that's when like Comedy Central would play all of old Saturday Night Live, sure. and you could see just. Or, or just even like movies from the seventies and eighties would be on all the time, and we kind of don't have that anymore. Yeah, you know. No, um, I know. I, I definitely used to like wake up at seven a.m. on on Saturdays to just start watching Comedy Central. Right, until, to watch like Mo Money you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Blank Man. Yeah, Inner Space uh, yeah. seemed to be on every day. Yeah, Inner Space was on a lot. The Man with Two Brains. Oh yeah, All uh, of Me. That was a big one. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of like great. In hindsight, not that good comedy. Movies. Yeah, lots of two-star movies. Sure, yeah. sure. I watched Mo Money at the Drive-In. That's good. That's a good place. That was to watch like a Mo highlight Money. of my childhood yeah. watching Mo Money at the Drive-In. I don't know what that was about. Wow. I remember it was a double bill of Mo Money and Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, and Mo Money was on first. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it. I was delighted. We watched about fifteen minutes of Ace Ventura, and somehow. Somehow, I think we can all agree that, like, while 
neither of them is a. Neither of them is bringing up baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, neither of them deserves a butt plug store. <laughs> but uh, I think we can say the the more lasting film is Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. There's still plenty of people who love that. Yeah, and quote it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I somehow loved Mo Money hmm. and said to my dad, uh, "Let's leave." Fifteen minutes, and I was like ten. Yeah, isn't I? I don't know. I feel like maybe Ace Ventura has its legacy will be. Oh my God, were we into that? You know, like it will. It is the embarrassing comedy of the '90s, and it's well. It's also very specifically for. It might even be for younger than ten. I think sure. Adam Sandler made a lot of movies in the '90s. Yeah, I, you yeah, know, he might have. I guess. I guess you know. Uh, I like. Maybe, is it more embarrassing than The Water Boy? I maybe don't agree with this, but uh-huh. I'll say what I think the zeitgeist thinks. Yeah, is that there's a couple of those early Adam Sandler movies that are still pretty funny. Uh, B- B- Billy Madison. I enjoyed Billy Madison. Billy Happy Gilmore. Got some, Happy Gilmore's got yeah, some funny it's stuff got, in there. Billy Madison's got those <laughs> Norm MacDonald parts. Yeah. That <laughs> clown who oh dies. My God. Yeah. Also, like, I'll fill the bucket or whatever that, there's a wonderful scene in. Yes. Yeah. And mm. I think that, and I think that, you know, the, I, the idea of this, you know, in the comedy nerd community is that Adam's, uh, Adam Sandler was, was once this promising dude who got lazy and and he was you know. lazy to begin with <laughs> sure well, the promise was that he would stop being sure yeah less maybe he lazy. would get Ra-ha. better yeah he would yes. stop making yeah. movies in shorts yeah um, well also he sort of did movies about the the three real characters he had right that kind of dope and then the other kind of dope you yeah. know so uh, we never did that opera man movie Oh boy! Oh, true. <laughs> uh, but all, but I think that the the legacy of the Jim Carrey movies is that like, foo boy, this was always pretty embarrassing. <laughs> like like I wonder if you could find a like you could probably go to the line at UCB and find a lot of dudes who will stick up for Billy Madison. Right. I don't think you will find a dude who still sticks up for Ace Ventura or The Mask. Maybe there, Dumb and Dumber. Maybe Dumb and Dumber. There is something. I mean, like, in retrospect, because I mm-hmm. definitely loved Fire Marshal Bill. Oh, oh yeah. Sure, There's yeah. no doubt that I loved Fire Marshal Bill. And by the way, people look like Fire Marshal Bill sometimes. Like, any, when, anytime someone is teethy, I, it, like, comes back to me like, <laughs> like a dream. You anyway. want them to show you something. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you want them to let, you, they, let them show you something. There is something remarkable mm-hmm. about... The extent to which he did what he did did Mm -hmm. like you do hear sometimes people say he was so amazing when he was a stand-up yeah because he was maybe an insane person the (laughs) whole time (laughs) sure right like robin williams like crazy people yeah yeah Yeah. uh i i think i think he was probably crazier than robin williams i mean a little less uh maybe a little less sad but oh yeah maybe um but yeah, like uh, I feel like I feel like we're due for a reexamination of Jim Carrey, where the important thing isn't that he wasn't funny at all, uh, but rather that he was so insanely what he was. Yeah, there's who has ever made a movie that is that uh, that is as. Of themselves, as Jim right. Carrey was in the first six Jim Carrey movies when he was getting paid $25 million. Like, just everything is in there. Everything is in there. Yes. 
uh, yeah, the oh, zaniness level was sustained for years. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like yes. insanity, like on screen self injuring, <laughs> right? Yeah. Talking out of his butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in a movie, he talked out of his butt yeah. with gusto. Sure. Like and, with, yeah. it's not like Adam Sandler, where Adam Sandler was like, eh, "I'm going to do some cute stuff," and right. some of it was funny. Sure. And I think that yeah, like 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 the Adam Sandler kind of low energy goofball yeah. is. It has aged a little better than the high energy goofball. The maybe like just like just manic comedy is less. You know, yeah. I like might be talking ha- myself into Jim Carrey right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I fucking hated Jim Carrey for thirty years or whatever. Yeah. Twenty five. Yeah, there's a let's see. Yeah, I think Dumb and Dumber stole. There's some funny things in Dumb and Dumber when someone recalls to me. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, Our pe- pets' heads are falling off. Yeah, no, people lionize Dumb and Dumber. Sure. Well, I also remember. You know what went away is the cable guy, and for a long time, mm. people were like that's the that's okay, the one that so shows his I dad. liked. I remember I saw the cable guy on a baseball trip I took mm. with my dad, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we were in fucking wherever Kansas or something, uh, and we went to the movie theater and saw. And I already like I really loved Reality Bites, and. Uh, uh, and, and I was so excited about this Ben Stiller movie because I loved Reality Bites. I remember, yeah, I saw Cable Guy on the kind of cusp of my comedy nerdery and went into the movie knowing that Ben Stiller had directed it and being pleased with myself when his cameo came up because I'm like, yeah. that's the director. Yeah, <laughs> I probably and, did not see that movie with anyone. And I definitely liked it. I still, like, I think by then I had gotten to the point where I was self-aware enough that I found Jim Carrey discomforting, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think I had to leave Ace Ventura. But it was a movie about Jim Carrey's uh, desperate need for attention being discomforting. Right. No, it's sort of like uh, what Mr. Saturday Night would be for Billy Crystal. You know, that like, ooh, there is something unnerving about this character. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, I, I, can I move this conversation uh, it, it, into a similar zone but for music. Oh, I just assumed that we were about to talk about Dirty Work, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> dirty Work's still really funny. Yeah, Dirty yeah. Work is fucking hilarious, It's I'm a sure. goddamn mess. It's yeah. so funny, though. Uh, let me take your temperature. Okay. Why, why am I hearing Party All the Time so much? Oh, that's interesting. In places that aren't a like self-conscious dive bar. I'll tell you why. Please. I, I got party on the time party party all the time on lock. Okay. Okay. D- two reasons. Number one, uh, this is, I guess we should say this is like Eddie Murphy's pop single, yeah, his novelty yeah. single, basically. Yes. yes. So it's not a novelty single. Yeah, pardon one. me. He actually had serious novelty singles. This is his yeah. serious pop single. Yes. yes. Uh, the reason is number one. I think Rick James. A monster human being, though he mm-hmm. was, and he was truly a monstrous human being, um, r- r- ravaged by addiction. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say how much of it is his fault, but uh, he was a monster. Um, it was also a, a legitimately underappreciated genius, and the ironic Rick James mm-hmm. revival in some ways undercut the what could have been a real Rick James revival at some point. Um, and so now people think of him, instead of just thinking of Super Freak and Hammer, they now think of Super Freak and Hammer and Dave Chappelle. Right. Yeah. Um, which is 
fine, except for that he's got a uh, Rick James has about six like spectacularly good albums, and was a albums. great genius. Albums. He's got great albums. He was a real. He was in a. I mean, uh, we could talk about Rick James all day. We could talk about the band he was in with Neil Young. Um, oh. Well, I'm an obsessed. I'm really an obsessed Tina Marie fan. So that's my oh, Rick well, James arm. Yes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> and I think that uh, Party All the Time is a great Rick James single hmm. that Eddie Murphy happens to be singing. Okay, Rick James, that's a good answer. That's Rick a good James answer. wrote. Okay. Rick James wrote it and produced it. And um, and I think what it is is that it's a legit good song. I mean, Eddie Murphy is a very uninspired yeah. singer, but he's not an awful singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, like uh, Rick James made hits for the Mary Jane Girls, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, In My House. Love yeah. that song. So I think that the fact that it's a fucking actual jam, mm-hmm. like I will say right now from my perspective, okay. Party All the Time is a real <laughs> jam. Sure. And uh, I think combined with the kind of like ha 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 quality of did you know right this is Eddie Murphy's song right rather than it starting with it being Eddie Murphy's song and then going to like eh, but it's all right you know what I mean yeah, yeah legitimacy undercut with catch yes. yeah like I think for a long time for for the first you know. 12 years or 15 years after that song stopped being a hit, you couldn't separate it from the irony of, give me a fucking break, Eddie Murphy, you're trying to sing. Sure. Uh, but now I feel like people barely know that it's an Eddie Murphy song, that that's Eddie Murphy singing. And then so the fact that it's kind of a jam uh, can be like the Eddie Murphy part can be like the secret sauce rather than the main ironic dish. Interesting. Because, yeah, I feel like a, 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 a party all the time is something that I, you know, knew as, you know, something you put on at the 80s party that mm-hmm. everybody will think is hilarious. But now I just hear it in the grocery store and airport. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, like a music way. Store, yeah, like I understand airport. if you're at, like you know, like a cool bar and it comes on. I get mm-hmm. that. You know, either it's a music person appreciating it or it's a ha ha ha. Right. Look at my what side mullet or whatever person putting it on. But yeah, I feel like I am just hearing it now in the most pedestrian of places where you would just hear like hollow notes. Well, no, when, when you say that, it makes me. I mean, but like, I guess side mullet guy also puts on hollow notes. Imperfect analogy. Imperfect ho- analogy. Hollow notes, pretty yeah, dope. Sure. Yeah. No, it does feel like the way you're describing it, like you're hearing the Super Bowl shuffle at like. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It would be like hearing the Super Bowl shuffle. That's exactly perfect. So yeah, I, I'm always thrown by it. Or mm-hmm. if like. Rebecca Black's Friday just came on. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. Somewhere you'd be like, what? Oh, okay. By the way, I'm just going to go ahead and recommend it. I actually never watched Glee. Like, it's not my brand. I'm not I'm not a musical person. Sure, However. Sure. Sounds a little basic for you, Louis. I'll, I'll be. You're, yeah. you're learning quick. <laughs> um, Gwyneth Paltrow guest starred one time, and she sang a version of Party All the Time. I'm just going to say it. The woman can sing, and I also am a big fan of hers. Okay. So I'm just, just going to recommend her weird kids boppy version. What are your thoughts on Goop? Love it. I'm, I, I think that um, actresses having to act charming and uh, uh, relatable is a disease. Mm-hmm. And I think Gwyneth being like, you know what I love? Million dollar risotto <laughs> is like the fucking best. You know what I love? Blood t-shirts. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a shirt made of blood. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what if... She's like, it's not even real a real leather bag if your kids don't make it themselves using, like, a cow they stole from Jay-Z, you know? <laughs> now, Lewis, I need to get into something with you here because you've really touched on a, a real cultural lodestar for me. 
I want to know how you feel about the brief period before she died when Tina Marie was signed to Cash Money Records. Mm-hmm. But, but right before she died? Yeah. Oh, my, I didn't know that. Uh, yes. I, I remember her being on The View right before she died and wondering, that's weird. Why is she on this? What's she doing? But uh, I didn't know she was signed to Cash Money. Yeah, she signed to Baby, signed her to Cash Money. There was a big thing. She was going to make a record for them. And then she did it, and then she died. Yeah. Oh, gosh. She has, I'm like, talking nine... square biz to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's the it's hottest little, thing anybody's ever said to me. Little Tina, Tina Marie. I'm just a sucker for, for your love, uh, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Lady T. We're talking about Lady T right now. Cool. Oh, Lady T. People don't know that uh, Missy Elliott's rap from the Sierra One Two Step song is stolen from Tina Marie. Anyway. A lot of fun facts on this show. All I am is that. I'm Snapple Cap the human. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi. Are you a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, that's weird because it's a corny show. But my friends Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica do a lovely podcast about it. It's called The Greatest Generation, and it's on MaximumFun.org. I thought that this podcast was a bad idea, but I was wrong. Please listen to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Louis Fertel, person. Uh, hey, guess what, Jordan? Yes. Sponsor on this week's program? Oh, I mean, what? <laughs> guess what? Yeah. It's what? Our, it's our friends at Casper. Hey. No, not the friendly ghost, the mattress company, Whew. you blockhead. Oh, boy. I I can't do anything right. Don't oh, be such geez. a blockhead, Jordan. Oh, man, my pants are on my head. The popular mattress company. From internet. Well, they sound like a wonderful company. Yeah, they're not that I would know, being a blockhead and all. Well, Jordan, I can confirm that they're a wonderful company. Mm -hmm. Not only are they sponsoring everyone's favorite podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, Mm -hmm. uh, they sent me a mattress that I sleep on to this very day. Hell yeah, I disagree. I. You disagree that I sleep on that mattress? I jacuz. <laughs> what have you been doing in my bed, Lewis? Uh, not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> A little something, something, something. <laughs> uh, mat- uh, they they uh, they send you these mat- They send you a mattress in a big box. Mm-hmm. They open the box. It comes out. Everybody knows this from other podcasts at this point. But it's a great mattress. Like mm-hmm. I like the mattress so much. This is God's own truth. I liked my Casper mattress so much that I bought a Casper pillow. On the internet, because I thought she can want to have all Casper. I was gonna all Casper. Now you're a everything, Casper completist, like, like Jay Z says. Sure, you know, I got Casper on Casper on Casper. Right? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, sure. That's right before his Audible rap. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, if you don't like your Casper mattress, you can send it back within a hundred days. Free delivery, painless returns, made in America. Why am I still using this cadence? <laughs> uh, guess what? 50 bucks towards any mattress purchase. It's easy, Jordan. All you have to do is visit this URL. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Have you got a pencil? I do. Ready to write it down. Standard or mechanical? 
One of each. Great. One in the left hand or one in the right? Or I got a pen two in, my, in the right hand? Yeah, I got, uh, I got, boom, mechanical left hand, standard, right hand, pen in ear. Oh, you got one behind your ear too? No, in the ear. You got one in your ear, like hanging out like a flap? What? Like a flange? I can't hear you. There's a pen in my ear. <laughs> Just go to casper.com slash JJGo. Use the promo code JJGo when you check out. Terms and conditions do apply. If you're wondering, Lewis. And I was. Yeah. <laughs> Casper.com slash JJGo. Also, Jordan, we got a we got a show coming up in Anaheim, California. Yeah, we're going to be at the Now Here This Festival uh, in Anaheim, California. Well, that's this in is... Anaheim, California. That features many of America's greatest podcasts. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a festival for podcast fans, a kind of a Comic-Con for podcasts, if you will. Podcast-a-con. Uh, we're going to be there on uh, Sunday, uh, what, I think a 1 o'clock is our start time. going to do a live JJ Go. We're going to have some great guests. It's going to be tons of fun. Uh, but also, if you buy tickets to this thing, you can see uh, Comedy Bang Bang, How Did This Get Made, Mark Marin. Don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. Well, some do, and eh. they could see it there. This is Tina Marie going to be there at all? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Speak my language, honey. Yeah, this is in Anima- Anaheim, not heaven, <laughs> where she currently resides. Yeah. Uh, For now. So, yeah, if you want to get tickets to this thing, you go to the nowhearthisfest.com. I added a the. It's just nowhearthisfest.com. Tina Marie specifically is in the wing of heaven that's only for white people that black people think are cool. <laughs> cool. Which hovers over Orange County, luckily. So. <laughs> sure, yeah. So she'll be looking down upon us. Yeah. Giving us a salute. Along uh, with Johnny Otis. Uh, yeah. Now here this fest.com. There's a VIP passes for meet and greets and stuff. Uh, going to be tons of fun. Yeah. I, I think I think it's going to be a delight. Hey, Jordan, guess what else? What? We got some up on the Jumbotron. Let's hear about it. It's a message for Rob from her friend Claire. <laughs> Wait. His friend Claire, yeah. I presume. Yeah. Hey, Rob. I got our good friends Jordan, Jesse, and guest, why, that's Louis Vertel, mm-hmm. to wish you a happy anniversary. That's because I love you so much, more than Michael, Dolly, dairy products, and dancing combined. Mm. Thank you for being my, I think she's probably talking about Dolly Parton, don't you? It's her, I don't know any other Dollies. Eh, she probably met Madison. Dolly. Yeah, yeah, right. The Michael is Buble. I think we all know that's true. We yeah. all know what Michael he's, she's talking about. Unquestionably. Thanks for being my hilarious, helpful, and handsome better half. These five years of marriage have felt like a thousand. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I misread that. Have been, been incredible. incredible. Been incredible, yeah. I can't, the font's weird. I can't wait for the next 50. UBC, your BC. We gotta uh, find it. We gotta figure out what UBC yeah. or BC oh, wow. means. Sounds yeah, raunchy. You blow cocks. <laughs> your blow cocks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> done and Have done. Fun no, blowing very, your cocks. Very romantic message. Mm. <laughs> if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap and easy, and you can have your real-life heroes. Why, yes, that's us. Yeah. Jesse Jordan and Louis Vertel. <laughs> Ranked. Who will come yeah. back from for every Jumbotron message. <laughs> we should have more personal retribution Jumbotrons, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like Scarlet Pimpernel style, like ruining someone's life. Yeah, you know? message to Francis from Martha. Watch your back, Francis. Sure. I'm coming for you. (laughs) We're willing to do I'm coming for you messages. We We won't threaten you ourselves. We're not violent men. No. We can be harbingers of doom. Sure. I'll binge that. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. 
there, European Max Funsters. Do not miss your chance to catch some of your favorite Max Fun shows live at the London Podcast Festival, September 22nd through 26th. See amazing guests like Armando Iannucci, Josie Long, and Romare on stage with Jesse Thorne during Bullseye, bust a gut at classic panel show hijinks with International Waters, and witness some tough but fair internet justice dispensed by Judge John Hodgman himself. The Beef and Dairy Network show is already sold out, but hey, at least you can enjoy being in the proximity of the premier expert on beef animals and dairy herds, right? More guests will be announced soon and tickets are going fast. Go to MaximumFun.org for tickets right now so you don't live a life steeped in regret. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Louis Fertel, arguable person. We had a great time at Max Fun Con East. I want to thank everybody that came. Thanks, gang. Uh, what just what a joy and a delight, and especially you know there was like seventy five McElroys and Smurls there, mm-hmm. and it really gave it a family vibe. Sure, I appreciated Very the wholesome. family vibe. Every windowsill had a pie cooling on it, especially since several of those Lady McElroys are uh, with child. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing felt fertile. It did. It, what you're saying it felt very fertile, mm-hmm. like a like, like a, a crescent, l- like a lot of manure had been dumped yeah. over it. You know, just very rich and mm-hmm. fecund. Sure. Is that how you say that word? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say a Lamaze class, but you went with other metaphors. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. They both work. One's not better than a the other. A pile of animal shit. One's not I'm better with. than the other. <laughs> And again, there was a pile of animal shit in my Lamaze class. I don't okay, know what that well, was. see, they don't teach Lamaze anymore. Did you know that? Are you kidding me? That's some free to be you and me shit. It's gone. Oh God! It's what so, has it been replaced with? Uh, Pregnancy Pilates. You don't even do any. You don't do any. You're not supposed to do rhythmic breathing. You're 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 supposed to hold your breath. You're supposed to breathe <laughs> oh, wow. naturally. Yeah. And you hold your nose and blast the baby out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have to yell, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Boy, yeah. I feel like I. I saw so much Lamaze humor as a kid. Like it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the mom yells at the dad, "I hate you! You did this to me." That's. I feel like that was the most common joke in the nineties. Right. Yeah. It, that and something. like Jazzercise was a big thing. Sure. I think yeah, Jazzercise yeah. got into Garfield. I mean, like I think it went real wide. Yeah. Yeah. You Normal know. probably did a little Jazzercise. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't see the Garfield about Lamaze class. <laughs> Garfield on the town of Lamaze or whatever. Garfield gets knocked up. People forget about Garfield's gritty TV movie years. Boy, yeah. Garfield on the town. Garfield in the rough. Yeah. Remember when they did that crossover between Garfield and Spencer for hire? Did they really? No. I was going to say. That would be pretty. No, you you think you're being crazy if stuff like that happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's your favorite thing like that, Lewis? Um, Crossover. I feel like inside your mind there's something like that. Well, I know. I know. Like when 227 would go on Wheel of Fortune. You can tell us about the time Desmond Tutu was on Battle of the Network Stars. (laughs) You don't know how he looks in shorts. We're talking about a Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island kind of thing. A lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, When something momentous happens to you, like... uh, you're stranded on a de- on a desert island. You can't figure out how to get off or even how to get food. And then all of a sudden, whoa, look out. There's Curly Neal from the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> well, then, we ask you to call us for our segment, Momentous Occasions, 206-984-4-F-U-N. Oh, what I wanted to say about Max FunCon is 
We recorded a show about Max FunCon. That'll be coming out on the feed sure. at some point. Uh, and then we also recorded a Q&A at Max FunCon. Yes. Uh, that'll be on the donor feed for those of you who are Maximum Fun donors. And uh, we were both uh, said a lot of dumb things. And there was a surprising amount of, like, uh, heartfelt sincerity. Uh, and, oh, here's a fun fact about that. Uh, by the way, you should listen to it if you're a donor. If you're not a donor, fucking donate. Yeah, MaximumFun.org slash donate, dumbbell. And Don't be a blockhead. So something uh, – this required a lot of preparation and maybe even some – some mild illegality. Yeah. Uh, a woman from Canada brought Canadian malt beverages for yeah, me to drink. Yeah, she sure did. Uh, Lewis, for, for you, there's a weird running thing on the show that I don't understand where people want me to try malt beverages even though I don't like them. You oh. brought it upon yourself. Sure, yeah. It's self-imposed uh, somehow, I guess. This is like I your sh- cinnamon challenge or your like YouTube yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, and a woman brought some from Canada. They were very gross. They had lovely cans. The cans were far more attractive than the malt beverage cans over here. Although one of them was a goatsy. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh. one of them, one of them was, was an implied goatsy. Sure. Uh, but just like very like design focused, very lovely. Yeah. Uh, hangover destroyers, these things. Gone. Gone was the, gone was the hangover from the previous night. Four sips into this thing. Really? God bless Canada. No it's way. A beautiful country. Oh, that's bizarre. Anyway. Queen and country. Sure. Loonies, hockey. I mean, need I go on? Politeness. Yeah, sure. Right. Stop podcasting yourself. Stop podcasting yourself. Snow. Our debut album. Rick Moranis. Jagged Little Pill. Right, Motzko. Oh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a couple more Canadian things to say, or should we take a call? I'm waiting for you to say something so I can say Anne Marie. It's fine. Go ahead. Dave Steeb. Oh, nice work. Ooh. You want to say Nelly Furtado? She's like from Vancouver. Anyway, that tracks. Yeah. I don't know yeah. that, but that mm-hmm. tracks. Yeah, she seems Canadian in her affect. Yeah, yeah, she's Portuguese Canadian. Yes, sorry, pardon me. <laughs> Thank God we got that cleared <laughs> up. <laughs> All the Nelly Furtado fans are are. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, thank you, finally. I'm so glad he said it. They're livid anyway, but now they can be less livid for one second. Yeah. I I had it on the tip of my tongue, but then, like a bird, it flew away. Oh, I bet. Mm, Yeah. Sure. Uh, Let's take our first call. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Hello, amazing guest. This is Alan calling you from Scranton, Ohio. Shit. I meant, this is Alan calling from Scranton, Pennsylvania, an hour away from Max FunCon, where I would not be had it not been for an amazing miracle that a pilot did that I've never heard of done before. I was flying in from Savannah, Georgia, where there are possible hurricanes, tropical storms, everything is a nightmare. The pilots weren't allowed to take off. They were canceling flights left and right, and our pilot wanted to go home. So they canceled his flight, and everybody in it had to go home. But as we were deboarding the plane, the pilot got on the intercom, said, screw it, everybody get back on the plane, I'm uncanceling the flight. And we all got back on the plane, and we flew it and made our connectors, and now I'm here in Scranton, Pennsylvania, waiting to get in my rental minivan to drive to Max FunCon. Love you, boys. Have a great day. Jordan. Yeah. I got a couple important things to say about this. Okay. The first is, I think it's amazing that on board ships and airplanes, the captain can do anything they want. Mm-hmm. That when, I, when we had the Max Fun Cruise, uh, boatparty.biz, I was completely in awe of the fact that the captain literally is the law on a ship because there's no country. Mm-hmm. 
So the captain could murder someone and say, for the last five minutes, murder is legal on this ship. Sure. And everyone would have to be like, well, I guess so. They got that hat on. That mm-hmm. actually happens most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> typically. <laughs> typically, it's an older person who won't be missed. Right. So you don't hear about it. But, yeah. They, and like, then, throw them on a nice sculpture, right? That's usually how they do it. That's how they kick off the first dinner. Yeah, precisely. Finding, like, a, finding an infirm person and impaling <laughs> them on a nice sculpture. Like, if someone was, like, watching a... A movie on their laptop, but they weren't wearing headphones. The captain could be like, "Is there an air marshal on board? Shoot that man!" Yeah, right. and it would be like, "Well, law of the skies." <laughs> um, so that's one amazing thing. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out is that that voice we just heard, Loth Reaper. Oh, from Reddit.com. Yeah, the most popular, the most popular Reddit name on the whole MaximumFun.Reddit.com is Loth Reaper. Oh, um, uh, known as Threeps. Uh, at this point, uh, I met him at Max FunCon, and I'm going to tell you this. this is, I think this is going to mean a lot to Threeps. Mm-hmm. Not a weirdo. Hmm. You he would, didn't sound weird to me. He didn't no, sound weird. No, he was very not weird. You would think Good enunciation. Given how much of his time Clear he spends voice. talking about our dumb podcast mm-hmm. on Reddit, mm-hmm. you would assume that he was a real weirdo. Yeah. Big men's rights activist, though, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> But cool about it. Yeah, Yeah, he's pretty chill, though. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't really believe in rape per se, (laughs) but, like... (laughs) um, I do think the pilot he was talking about was hilariously temperamental. I was picturing, like, a Laurie Metcalf character. (laughs) (laughs) Get get back on the plane. She's good in everything. Yeah. (laughs) Including that plane. Yeah. She's good friends with Norm MacDonald. Great on that plane. Taking her back to dirty work there. Um, Oh, that's right. His great Laurie Metcalf story. So, uh, yeah, so there's Threeps for you. Mm-hmm. I met him. He's not weird. They put him on the list right there with Rach Tacular's not weird. Rental minivan, I noticed, in that. Uh, uh, that was just him bragging. Oh, okay. That he, got, he can afford he got the, the upgrade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I is, felt emasculated by that. Yes, I was, he, I was cowed. Is <laughs> there anything worse than when you rent a car at the rental car place and they're like, you know what? I'm going to give you a free upgrade. And then they give you something that, while more expensive, is definitely worse than whatever you would have had. I I fell for that this time. Uh, I had the guy say like, "Oh, I think uh, if it's uh, this is how he did it. If it's okay with you, I'm going to give you a free upgrade." And he he put me into a Ford Focus. Uh-huh. I don't know what I was getting before. I was getting one below a Ford Focus. Uh, first of all, Ford Focus, instead of a, a shift to shift gears, has a knob. That yeah, I've tried twist. to use that fucking knob in a rental car before. Oh, Feels man. very weird. I don't yeah. like it. It's like a, yeah, it's like a dial that you twist into reverse. I mean, like, it's looking like a clown nose based on what you're doing with your hand in yes, front of me. Yes, it's a lot like a clown nose. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like if a clown's nose was in charge of an essential safety feature on a car. Perfect. Like, if something it could you might threaten to, your life. Something you might need you to, to get at fast. Yeah. If... There was an emergency, um, and and the Ford Focus is a pretty pretty big for a that look that kind of car. Yeah. And as I was driving it, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh great, I just got into a bigger car that I'm uncomfortable driving. Yeah. I should stick. I should well, have stuck with the little guy. Jordan I would have been less worried. Jordan, I would have been thrilled to get a Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. I, outside of that knob, I'm fine with a Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. Nice fit and finish on a mm-hmm. Ford Focus. Uh, I rented a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. That was the category that I mm. rented, Toyota Corolla or similar. And uh, he said, well, what kind of car would you like? He's walking me through. This was an enterprise rental car. They, they, really wanna, they really want you to know 
that you're being taken care of mm-hmm. while they sell you the insurance. A guy gave me his business card on the way out. Yeah. And it was just a business card, and he had a, his name written on it on a piece of tape and put on the business card. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And uh, just like, just don't have a business card. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just said, write your number on my hand. Yeah, scream said, your name as I leave the room. <laughs> yes. Charles! He said, what, ca- what kind of car would you like here? And I'm like, uh-oh, this guy's trying to trick me into upgrading. Mm-hmm. Can I uh, put you into a Mustang? And I'm like, a Toyota Corolla sounds fine. Because let's be honest, what sounds more fine than a Toyota Corolla? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? I mean, I think I mean, I'm remembering their uh, jingle from the early 2000s. Toyota Corolla... Fine. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> then everybody harmonized. Yeah. And uh, he said, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to give you an upgrade. Mm-hmm. He put me into a Jeep Compass. Oof. What a, a fucking garbage Jeep that, that car was. an amazing name for a rental car. I mean, I think, you know, well-worn joke that you get a the rental car you get you've never heard of yeah. and don't know anyone who has one. Yeah, uh, Jeep Compass is a great name. I have never driven a car so new that I disliked so much. Except yeah. for well, one time I got a Kia Rondo. That mm. was pretty sad. But, yeah, this fucking Jeep was just a shitbox with but 95 miles on it. Like, I felt like I should be happy that I was driving a brand new car. I mean, how often do you get that feeling? But, God, yeah, just, just Awful. The idea of a Jeep is just upsetting. I just yeah. like, what's with the shape? I, I, I feel like they were very in vogue in the, the early 90s and you were impressed by something. I just, again, yeah, missing the I'd chromosome a, that makes me into that. I'll I take don't... a Jeep Grand Cherokee right now. Sure. But you I... know where you can get a, one of those? Wheel of Fortune. They seem to never uh, run out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. They got a deep supply. Also, Lewis has been checking in on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay, we got one more call. Let's hear it. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Go. This is Kevin from New Jersey calling in with a momentous occasion. Uh, I started listening to your program two years ago while detoxing from a full-blown heroin addiction, and I just got a coin from my 12-step program celebrating two years of sobriety. So thank you guys for my sobriety. It's pretty great. Bye. You're welcome, Kevin. I'm glad that our podcast is now a viable way to help people kick heroin. It's called harm reduction, Jordan. Mm, sure. So you get your methadone, you get your Jordan Jesse go. Yeah. Um, basic science. They show people, yeah. they give people VHS copies of 9 to 5. Sure. <laughs> There's a few basic things that they started doing in Vancouver, British Columbia, and they found were really effective in terms of reducing overdoses and getting people off what I call the junk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I call it the plop. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that because you're always pooping yourself? I just like to make up names for street drugs. Oh, that's nice. The plop. It's just kind of fun. There's something B-movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> right, yes. It's, yeah, the Wait, sequel to the stuff. Say, yeah. When you say there's something B-movie about it, you mean that it seems like an animated film that Jerry Seinfeld wrote? It could have, but yes, precise. Oh, that's exactly right. Yes. Thank you. With um, the voice of Jerry Seinfeld. Congratulations. Yes. That's fantastic. You know, uh... uh Heroin is not only difficult to kick, but you can become uh, anhedonic mm-hmm. when you're off of heroin, which is to say that you, uh, you're essentially your your pleasure chemistry in your brain kind of blows out a little bit, and it's hard to walk around in the world and just be a happy person. Um, and uh, so I'm glad that uh, our show's compounding that for you. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> there's no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt that this is making things worse. Uh, something about B-Movie. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld did some sort of tweet or Facebook or whatever social media that Jerry Seinfeld is on going, I've heard a lot of people talking about B-Movie too. Should I do it? Like asking <laughs> asking the world if he should make B-Movie too. And I think something maybe he half understands or doesn't fully understand is that B-Movie to little internet wieners is kind of like Shrek and Arthur and Thomas the Tank Engine and is that it is something that little wieners like to meme, you know, it, you know those memes where it seems like the thesis is that nothing means anything and nothing matters? Like, right. B-movie enters into that. Like, you could the B-movie character will come in and glasses will go on its face and then a joint will go in its mouth. Like, I think he sees that as legitimate fandom for B-movie. But Ugh, it, yeah. anyway. It's so. like the bleakest American statement that sure. he said that. <laughs> right. He's like, you know what? I hear a lot of people are missing the marriage ref. Anybody want to go crazy <laughs> with me? <laughs> I think people legitimately like Arthur, though, right? Yes. Yeah, Christian's nodding very emphatically. Christian's a younger millennial. And then, yeah, and this is something that I don't fully understand. This is something that I pace around the cusp of and look at and try and figure out. And I guess... To paraphrase Chance the Rapper, by the way, we've been doing this podcast since Arthur was Anteater. (laughs) Sure, right. Yeah, exactly. Um So, yeah. uh, Anyway, but from what I understand, Christian, you can nod or... Give me a thumbs up. B-movie occupies that same space of, look at this dumb shit from when I was a kid. Right? Or is it like Griffin McElroy in Space Jam? Oh, where boy. I think Griffin really likes Space Jam, maybe. Huh. I Yeah, it's, 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 I, that's, that's part of that soup to me, too, that I don't fully get. Griffin, you're going to have to write in and tell us how you actually feel about Space Jam. We won't tell anyone. I just need to know. <laughs> I think it's terrible, right? Space Jam? Oh, I certainly saw that in the theater, yes. I think I also saw Space Jam. I remember the there was theaters. a time in my life where I maybe thought Charles Barkley was kind of rad. Uh, yeah. Like, he gets it. <laughs> well, he fucked Godzilla off. Right, but I right. think we all thank him for that. Yeah. I remember Sean Bradley being a punchline for a long time in the 90s. Yeah, well, like, because of his height. Right, yes. Yeah, isn't his he tall? extraordinary height. I made a George Mirasan reference recently. God, that fell on dead ears. You know that? He was oh, in come my giant. That's my giant. Right? <laughs> it's your giyant. <laughs> that's that's America's giant. Oh, I know why. Because he looks like Michael Phelps. That's technically, why. I think he's Croatia's giant or yes, something like right. that. Mm-hmm. Phelps does. Yeah, Phelps does. He's the most out of proportion, proportioned man. <laughs> he's like, a, like he's perfectly proportioned as all champion swimmers are, right? But also, yes, he is notably like he's got two long arms. Like he always looks like, like your former Warriors forward Danielle Marshall. He always looks like you're squinting at him, even if you're not squinting. Right? I'm like, yeah. am I seeing this guy clearly? Oh, I am. He looks like that. He, yeah, he's an athlete who also looks like Dee Snyder. I mean, it's just like <laughs> I don't know where I am on figuring out where he belongs on the spectrum of sexuality in regards to me. So, I mean, just in terms of attractiveness, where yet right now uh, in this moment? I mean, I know it's a shifting thing; it's a continuum. Right? It's changing. Don't put me in a box. At? And but I will say, <laughs> well, we know I not dream to put of it. you in a box. I wouldn't dream That's of it. That's the last thing you're interested in. I wouldn't dream of it. I'm gonna say he's. A six rising. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like being thirty seven is going to look good on him. What about okay. the guy who peed on the thing? Ryan Lochte. Yeah. Well, first of all, his hair was like green yellow, which uh-huh. is no. Yeah. Right. So less of that. Hair. Yeah. But um, in general, 
you know what? A dummy of that level, there is an enigma to him. Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to say he has power. The romance of the dummy. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. The allure of the dum-dum. He has a certain dunderheaded sensuality. <laughs> right. No, he might fall over understand. in a cool way. I can understand. <laughs> like a real cool. Like he just tips over like, whoa. Ooh, <laughs> right on my shoulder. Like he, as soon as he hits the ground, start me up, starts playing. If you've got a momentous occasion for us, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call. You can also email us, jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Louis Fertel, uh, anything detective. M- man detective. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you certainly I... sussed out Ryan Lochte's hair color. I know, right. I could have gone on and on. Chartreuse was what I meant. Mm. Got to the bottom of that situation. Hey, uh, I want to mention, I'm about to head out on tour with Judge John mm-hmm. Hodgman. Almost all of the Judge John Hodgman shows on that tour are sold out. Uh, there's a couple places where there's a couple tickets left. But I do want to mention this, which is I, we are headed to London, England, uh, to the London Podcast Festival. Uh, and there will be other Max Fun shows there. Uh, uh, Dave Holmes is going to be there with International Waters. Uh, uh, the Beef and Dairy Podcast, which is totally amazing, is doing its first ever live show there. Um, but what I really want to plug is Bullseye. Um, we are going to have... Armando Iannucci. Ooh, amazing. Uh, one of the greatest geniuses of comedy ever. Uh, we're going to have the brilliant and charming and beloved multi-time past Jordan Jesse Go guest Josie Long. And we're going to have the brilliant musician Romare, uh, who's on Ninja Tune, a very important label. And his music is really, really something else. I really, I really like it. And we'll probably have another interview guest, too. We'll see who that ends up being. But uh, if you live in London or you know somebody who lives in London, tell them to get to that show. The ticket link is at MaximumFun.org, uh, or you can just Google the London Podcast Festival. But I'm I'm going to really level with you. Nobody knows who the fuck I am in London. <laughs> so, like, just tell somebody they can go watch a guy interview Armando Inucci who's going to do a good job or whatever. Or go see Romero or go see the great Josie Long. It's going to be a hell of a show. I'm also going to be on Pappy's podcast. Pappy's a popular English sketch comedy group. Pappy's. <laughs> Pappy's. Sounds like fun. Pappy's Flat Chair Slam Down is what mm. it's called from memory, it's I think. It's a fun name. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, Syllables. London, England. You got it. You know what I'm talking about. Sounds. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Both of those things. Mm-hmm. Vowels, <laughs> Shit, yeah. consonants. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Conjunctives. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that is. Rick Moranis, Rush. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Wayne Gretzky. things. Kelly Gruber. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there we go. There's a show for you, folks. Uh, our delightful guest, Louis Vertel. Oh, my God. It's, I've sat here like a grasshopper all folded up for you for two hours. I've loved it. <laughs> I can't tell you how much it meant to me that you brought up Three Days of the Condor. I think I've uh, forced that into the conversation in the last three episodes. It's an amazing movie. I will, I'll say this about Three Days of the Condor. Is it that quick. he looks like Martina Navratilova? Because he does in that movie. <laughs> no, but that's really cool. Uh, Martina Navratilova is really cool. Uh, I want to be friends with Martina. I think she's like funny. Badly. Yeah. She seems like I wish she would be an awesome pal. Um, but anyway, uh, I have made a blanket statement uh, that while I have a TV VCR at my cabin and I have amassed quite a collection of VHS tapes, including most recently Clue the Movie, which I wonder what I will think of not being nine years old. 
it's the movie I've seen the most times. I'm interested what you'll think. Yeah. Okay. Um, however, all of that having been said, I have turned down many VHS offers of donation from various people's basements. They've offered to send me all of their VHS tapes. I've declined. I am accepting copies of Three Days of the Condor. Simply because I've been unable to find it on VHS and I feel that I should watch it on VHS. I have the French Connection. As the filmmaker intended. Yeah. I think it's better than the French Connection. And you know what? I will also I will also accept copies of the Thomas Crown Affair. But not the new Thomas Crown Affair, which I keep seeing and getting upset by because I don't want to watch the new Thomas Crown Affair, although it was fine. I'm going to blow your mind. I think it's better than the first one. Really? Rene Russo is such a like... She runs that movie. It's not really about Pierce as much. <laughs> I'm basically friends with Renee Russo. You should know that. Oh, really? She was amazing yeah, in she Nightcrawler. Was, she was on my show to talk about Nightcrawler, and she really loved me, and uh, I'm going to marry her one day. You know what she Sorry, didn't get to do, Sorry, Dan though? Gilroy, the writer-director of no- <laughs> Nightcrawler, who's married to her. Oh, right. She didn't get to wear a cool, uh, like, chignon like uh, Faye did in the original. But Exactly. You're going to need a chignon. Don't you think, Jordan? Nah. <laughs> nah? Nah. Nah. Nah, you don't need that. Uh, Christian Duenas on the board. You just need a nice week. hammer. Uh, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez, he might even be back on the next episode. He's coming back. Brian's going to be back. Listen for those giggles. Yeah, those listen gigs. for those giggles. However you feel about them, positive or negative. Sure. Hey, if you're a new listener, prepare to be alienated. <laughs> Brian laughs real loud and it leaks into the studio. It's just who he is. He's our friend. We like him. Yeah. Uh, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can go chat about the show or on Facebook. Just like Jordan Jesse Go or join the Facebook group for MaximumFun.org. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne. Jordan is at Jordan underscore Morris. Lewis is at Lewis Vertel, right? That's right. V-I-R-T-E-L, if I'm not mistaken. You're the best, yes. And uh, Lewis is spelled L-O-O-O-O-I-S, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. Dollar sign. Yes, right. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah. That is really cool. You know who gets it? The kids. Yeah. Um, we'll talk to you. The kids who love Arliss. Yeah, right. <laughs> All those Arliss fans. Dude, where's the Arliss memes? Oh, I don't know. Can you guys... Okay. You've listened to the end of this program. You're a true blue fan. Mm. Where's the Arliss memes? Yeah. Let's get some Arliss memes and hashtag them JJ Go. Oh, by the way, have I addressed, if you have corrections about Jordan mm-hmm. Jesse Go, where to send them now? Yes. Okay. To the Star Trek guys. Have I addressed my feud with the Doughboys? Yes. Okay. I resent them because their podcast mm-hmm. is too good. Uh, and we send them, yes, yeah, so at Benjamin R and mm-hmm. at Cut for Time mm-hmm. is where you send your corrections yeah. now. Great. Well, it's what they call an anticlimax. We'll talk to you next time <laughs> sure. on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.